0: In an era full of educational video games, a company that specialized in medical software decided to partner with a video game developer to make video games that helped teach children about medical conditions. This software publisher, Raya Systems, produced four such video games Captain Novalin, Rex Ronan Experimental Surgeon, Packy and Marlin, as well as Bronchi the Bronchiosaurus. Today, we're going to take a look at these educational health games made in the 90s, talk about the historical context in which they were made, and talk briefly about how video games are used in medicine today. So stick around and join us as we learn about taking care of yourself on today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 170th episode of our video game history podcast, a trip down memory card lane. Each week we'll tell you a story about one topic relevant to the current week in gaming history. It can be about a game, a console, a person, just one topic that I want to talk about as long as I can somehow make it relevant to this week. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the topic what it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back to the world in its legacy. Today, we're going to learn about some weird educational games of the 90s, courtesy of Captain Novalin, which was originally released for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in November of 1992. See, that's that date. Yeah, see how that works. I'm David Kasson, and as always, that little guy chiming in there is my co-host, who is also something educational from the 90s? He's my brother, Rob Casson. So, Rob, what can we expect to learn from you today?
1: Well, I guess you'll just have to watch the episode and find out, won't we, Dave?
0: <laughs> watch the episode?
1: Well, listen to. <laughs> completely... you, you learn that Rob is very terrible at uh, saying things. There you go. That's your <laughs> lesson for the day.
0: Yes! But he Thank catches goodness. himself
1: before Dave can do it. So,
0: yeah. That's statement. So, what have you been playing this week?
1: Well, Dave, this week has seen RuneScape, Farming Simulator, and Valheim. Nice. How about yourself?
0: Dave the Diver, Valheim. I think that's it. I don't think I've sat down and played anything other than Valheim this week that I can remember. Other Well, those two, so.
1: Hmm. Light week for the both of us, it seems.
0: Yeah, I mean, you think that, like, with. Cause we just came off Thanksgiving week and it was a long weekend. I would have all this time for video games, but the answer to that is no, I did not.
1: And I'm right there with you. It was definitely a busy weekend.
0: Being an adult is so sad. Sometimes (laughs) you got that right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So we've talked about this before we talked about it. I think last week or the week before, We definitely did an episode on this, but the early 90s were kind of a weird time for video games in this context. The early 90s saw games come out like Mortal Kombat and Night Trap, which were very violent. Uh, Night Trap was more violent and sexual in nature, and these were a stark contrast. From video games of the past, you know, as as video games as an art were evolving, people were starting to produce content that was a lot more mature. And at the same time, very much like we have, I believe, going on now because history repeats itself. There were a lot of loud voices that were conservative, you know, on TV and in politics And so on and so forth. And anytime you have those people, they're always going to latch on to something obscene in their mind to be angry about. And in the early 90s, that was these violent and inappropriate video games. And so what you have is these politicians founded a commission. And they brought in all these experts to talk about video games and how they're inappropriate and how video games cause children to be violent and, you know, socially, um, socially decrepit. I don't know the word I'm looking for where they're just not they they're not so, you know, socially inclined and and so on and so forth. And they they decided that they were going to do something about it. And these commissions led to the creation of the Entertainment Safety Rating Board, the ESRB. So now, when you go buy video games, and they'll say things like "E for Everyone," "T for Teen," "M for Mature." What's the other one? Uh, what's the one in the middle? I know we haven't ten had to plus, pay- ten plus, maybe we haven't had to pay attention to it in so many years. So now when you go and buy a game and they have this and then you flip around to the back and they'll tell you why it's rated M for mature because it's got violence and sexual content and inappropriate language and blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, this is all this is all because, you know, all these people kind of spoke up and said we are worried about what video games are doing to our children and therefore would like to give parents All the information that they need to make an informed decision on whether or not these games are appropriate for their children. Now, I don't disagree with that concept if I'm being honest. I I think that when it comes to video games and parenting, parents should be involved and they should be able to make informed decisions on what their children can and can't play. What I do disagree with is the whole old adage that video games cause children to be violent or. The X, Y, Z, because almost every one of those take video games are violent. Every study that they've ever done has shown that there's no correlation between, you know, video games and increased violence in children. No direct correlation. So that's complete crap. But but the concept of the ESRB not so complete crap, we should always be able to be make informed decisions. And that's an easy way for a parent or anyone for that matter. Cause there are adults that are, don't like obscene content too, to be fair uh, you know, to, to flip over the back of a, a you know, a mo- movie have the same thing, movie or video game case and, and determine what they're looking at, you know? But in response to this time period, there were a lot of companies that saw that maybe video games weren't going to, to be violent. Maybe that wasn't the way the industry was going to evolve. Or they decided they were going to take the other route and say, "Okay, well, we'd like to make families aware that there are positive reasons to have video games. And so you have a ton of games coming out during this period that are educational video games, you know, that take the opposite way. You know, we've got games like Treasure Mountain, Incredible Machine, which is like making your own Rube Goldberg Uh, device to to do various things i loved incredible machine you could like make a candle light up a balloon that would the hot air would make the balloon rise and then that would hit like a cup that would knock over a marble the marble would roll down i mean you know what a rube Goldberg machine but it was so freaking cool to do it on incredible machine and they made a couple of them i used to play that in the computer labs at school You know, there were other games like, obviously, Math Blasters for Math, Number Munchers for Math, Word Munchers for for Spelling. So you had all these educational games that came out on computers that could be found. Um, And then you had games like Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, Incredibly Famous Geography, Video Game and TV Show. God, did I love that TV show. And, of course, you had The Oregon Trail, which we did a whole episode on before, Um, Oregon Trail is a super fascinating story. Um, The guys who made the Oregon Trail didn't even get what they didn't make a cent off their game for years or something like that. Or they didn't get credit for their game till like 30 years later because the, you know, a whole interesting story about who owned it at the time. Go check out our episode on Oregon Trail if you want to learn more. But, like, these games were becoming increasingly popular. You know, the Oregon Trail got new versions of itself, you know, that were developed and released in the mid-90s. All, you know, there were all these educational games all over the place. And then, you know, back in, what what was it, episode, like, 126, we did a whole episode on educational Mario games, right? So Nintendo decides that they want to get in on the fun, you know, and, and 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 take their own stance against these type of video games by taking their mascot, which is very much Mario at the time, and putting him into all these educational games. And what they come up with are some, let's say, mediocre games at best. None of these are are well known in the Mario library. Um and we did we talked about all these in detail in episode 126, but you know, we'll cover them real quickly here. You had like a digital coloring book called Mario and Friends When I Grow Up. That one was actually really fun because it had uh like a page for all these different like you could be a, a cashier or you could be a plumber or you could be an astronaut or a doctor. So it had the whole spectrum. And each of these pages in the digital color book had a really funny story behind it that we kind of joked and had a good time with in that episode. So go check it out. Um, You had Mario teaches typing. You know, we looked at some of the other typing. Um, We've talked about that. We did a whole episode on typing the history of typing games, and we covered that there Um, whole like typing educational game all around Mario and, and, what there was an above ground level, there was an underground level. Um, And then my favorites, there was like these trivia games. There was Mario is missing where that was more geography based. Luigi would have to go, you know, Mario gets kidnapped. Luigi goes from city to city, like having to ask the local people, you know, about their city. They learn about it. They answer some trivia. They recover an artifact. They put all the artifacts together to find Mario And then they did one called Mario's Time Machine, which was the same concept. But instead of visiting various places, you visit various um, points in time. And when we looked at Mario is Missing and Mario's Time Machine, we kind of had some fun with it. And we double checked it against inaccuracies like historical and geographical inaccuracies. So we had a lot of fun with those episodes. So like I said, go check it out. That was episode 126. There was also some games that were made for Mario that were more baby games. You had Mario's Other Years, which was like uh, preschool, fun with numbers and letters, like really basic fundamentals. And then they made a game, I think in 95, called Mario's Game Gallery. In 96, it was called uh, Mario's Fundamentals. And that was just a Mario game that had some basic board games you could play, like Checkers, Goldfish, Goldfish? Yeah, Goldfish, Dave. Uh, backgammon dominoes and yahtzee so you have all these educational games coming out that are you know just people trying to take a stand trying to ride this conservative movement and, and trying to find frankly different ways to to use video games i mean there's nothing wrong with using video games for education you know rob i i think i've talked about before how like I see educational merit in games like we've talked about Age of Empires before, which we haven't done an episode on. But like I learned a lot of history from Age of Empires. You know, it, it games like that are a really great way to get the basics for things. Um, yeah, you know, I definitely
1: agree. They're engaging and a lot more fun. You can dive into it and live p- as part of the story instead of just reading.
0: Yeah, you know, and. I remember, I mean, now I know them from context of learning history, you know, as as a historian with a history degree. But like before I played Age of Empires, I'd never learned, for instance, what like the Hittites were, the Carthaginians, um, uh, the Phoenicians, my favorite sea based civilization. I had never heard those words before. And I. I. Got a decent primer in them playing those games. And when it came time to learn about them historically in my, you know, early Mesopotamian history class, uh, things got a lot more fun. Well, we're Roman. Carthaginians is Roman, but you know what I mean. So there's a lot of marriage educational games. And you had all these companies that were just taking video games and doing something different with them, you know, for various reasons. So as all these companies are trying to produce more wholesome content for video game systems. There were others that saw the educational merit in using them for other reasons, and that would be health reasons. So one of the companies that we're going to talk about today, the company that we're going to talk about today, is a Mountain View, California company called Raya Systems. Now, Raya had been working with medical companies for some time. I think they still work with medical companies. I believe the company is now called the Hero Health Network Incorporated. And they make like medical like sensing equipment that that, you know, now the technology has changed where you can do like at home blood pressure at home. You know, I'm a diabetic and I have to take my 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 uh, blood sugar. And my ratings go all the way to my doctor. And if there's a weird rating or a weird trend, I'll get a call from the doctor's clinic that's like, hey, are you okay?" Which hasn't happened in a long time, by the way. I'm great at taking care of myself.
1: (laughs) So it was probably a pretty good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, so Harrow Health Network used to be Raya Systems. And Raya had been working with all these medical companies. And here in the early 90s they were a software developer so they're they're providing them with various kinds of medical software probably educational medical software I couldn't, I couldn't find too much information on it but i'm guessing like educational or documentation software um stuff like that and the founder or owner of Raya at the time you know he's interacting with all these medical companies and he saw in video games a way to give children medical information you know he felt that there was that there needed to be a different way to give children medical information and he saw that he saw that different way being video games so their first of their ideas was to educate children about well diabetes management uh to do so Raya Systems went to a company called Novo Nordisk. They are makers of the Novolin brand of insulin. And they also went and reached out to the National Institutes of Health. So they had some you know people who were kind of experts at diabetes management with them. And they decided that they wanted to make a game that would educate children about it. So they partnered up with a video game developer that was named Sculptured Software. Now, Sculptured Software, which eventually became part of Acclaim, uh, had previously worked on ports of Doom. They ported the first Mortal Kombat, they ported the second Mortal Kombat, and they ported the third Mortal Kombat, the Super Nintendo. So it's really amusing to find them now being hired to make educational software for children. It's like going from one extreme to the other, you know? Well,
1: they know their blood, gore, and body parts.
0: That is actually a very good point. I didn't even consider that perspective when I went down this route. So Sculpture comes together with Raya, and like I said, they, they teamed up with Novo, and they teamed up with the NIH. And together they end up creating a character called Captain Novalin. And a video game called Captain Novalin. Captain Novelin is a two D side scroller. You have you play as Captain Novelin. You have to save Pineville's diabetic mayor Mayor Gooden from aliens and the leader of the aliens, who's named Blubberman, because the mayor only has enough insulin for forty eight hours, and they have him captive. That's the whole premise of the game.
1: <laughs> well. Better go save him or else he going to die.
0: He is. And so will you if you don't manage your diet and insulin. So before the game even starts, there is a doctor and a dietitian in the game that give you advice on how to manage your diet and manage your insulin. Now, throughout the game, after that, you know, Captain Novelin has to avoid all these alien invaders The alien invaders, they have the appearance of junk food items. There's guys like the serial killer and Larry Licorice.
1: Wow. Um,
0: And Captain Novalin has diabetes and he has to eat healthy meals to keep his blood glucose within a safe zone. And you can die if you let Novalin's blood glucose level go too high or too low. That's how you lose the game. Um... It's like every game back then; they were all point based. People loved their point based, even when there was no point of it. So you earned points by doing this. Not only did you could you die from getting glucose not in the safe zone, but you also earned points by keeping it in the safe zone. And there were, you know, you earn points by keeping glucose in the safe zone. You earn points by defeating the aliens, and then every so often. At the end of stages, there would be questions popping up that related to diabetes, and you would also give bonus points um, by correctly answering the diabetes questions. (laughs) Wow.
1: So did you learn all about it from this, Dave? Uh,
0: Yes, I learned a lot from this very much. Not only that, but this game also has a feature whereby an actual diabetic player can specify the frequency of their real-life insulin injections. Oh my god. Yeah, so the game helps you you with that too. So Novo Nordisk, they actually distributed 10,000 free copies of this game to hospitals across the United States. Um, There were diabetes summer camps held across the United States. That was news to me. That's a rabbit hole I went down that I can't get my time back. Um, but they, 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 um, why would there be a diabetic summer camp? I mean, like, Dave,
1: the number of diabetics that I know that do not take care of themselves is astronomical. So if you can teach them younger how to be smart about it, uh, it doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't.
0: I mean, they're probably just fat camps, to be fair. I mean, it could be
1: that or it could just be how to actually manage to take care of yourself because I I, like I said I knew people who just straight up wouldn't and would almost pass out all the time
0: yeah very true so yeah so they gave this game away to a ton of hospitals they gave it to diabetes summer camps so the kids that need to be active sat around and played uh (laughs) captain (laughs) Doblin at summer camp now I'm sure they did both that's just a joke don't come after me And yeah, the the game, they released Captain Overland for the Super Nintendo, uh, November of 1992, hence here we are talking about it. It was only released in North America. It fared very well with people who were in diabetes management, like they really loved the concept of a video game that helped do what they do, but Uh, If you weren't there to learn about diabetes, it was a really crappy video game. It it rated very poor with like their percentage on the sites. Like there were like I found like three different like reviews about this and they were all like 28, 30 and 32, I think, were the percentages that the game was given. So. Well, it's
1: definitely one of those games that was made for a target audience and those people reviewing it were not that.
0: No, they were not. In retrospect, this game is frequently found on lists of, of like worst video games of all time. So wow. if, if you're ever curious about the worst video games or diabetes management, you know, that, that's, a, that's a very interesting Venn diagram. Worst video game, diabetes management. In the middle, Captain Novelin. Bet you that's a Venn diagram you never thought you'd have to put together.
1: You're right about that, Dave.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, so. But Raya Systems wasn't done there in any way, shape, or form. Their next venture was called Rex Ronan Experimental Surgeon. Isn't that exciting? Uh, exciting.
1: Possibly.
0: So Rex Ronan, another educational video game. Also developed by Sculptured Software, also published by Raya Systems, also for the Super Nintendo. They had a trend. This game teaches players about the hazards of smoking tobacco cigarettes. So Jake Westboro is a man with it all. He's got a beautiful wife and child, a large house in the suburbs, and the massively paying position of a major CEO for the Blackburn Tobacco Company. However. Jake has been smoking since he was 15 years old, and he is now dying from the effects of the cigarettes that he once sold. As an experimental surgeon, Rex Ronan volunteers to shrink himself and shrink down to a microscopic size so he can travel inside of Jake's body and fight the various diseases that have been, you know, that have come there as an effect of the cigarette smoking. He removes tar and nicotine from teeth. Uh, he helps remove precancerous cells. And there are other deadly health hazards that Rex Ronan fights as an experimental surgeon.
1: Uh, I would say that's very experimental.
0: The, the story, as the story goes, the tobacco company is very concerned that if Jake survives, that he'll speak to the world about the hazards of tobacco and ruin their business so they secretly place microbots inside him in mass in an attempt to stop Rex Ronan from treating him. so if Rex Ronan dies from all these evil killbots that were sent by the company, so too does Jake
1: Well, damn, poor Jake <laughs> didn't know what he was signing up for apparently
0: that game sounds interesting actually like a game of like getting shrunk down like honey I shrunk the kids isn't there another one where they get shrunk like in a little capsule and they're a submarine and they like have to go through someone's body I vaguely remember a capsule like in a bloodstream with actual red blood cells or maybe I'm thinking of the magic school bus I don't know
1: magic school bus Rick and Morty Yeah, um, Rick and Morty
0: did it after the magic school bus though
1: let's see that that's been a trope in so many different things man it's
0: I'm pretty sure I can't think of it now, but I'm pretty sure there's a movie with that whole concept that I enjoyed when I because it used to come on TV when I was younger. So
1: I remember that there was something like that in Fairly Odd Parents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're right. They've done it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> it's crazy to think of just a side note like how we've come from that to where we are now, right? Because now, back then, Back then they were doing something special, I guess you could say, because there was really no talk in the early 90s about like, I mean, there was talk about smoking in kids, but not like it is now to the point where like they banned advertising. Right. So when, when they made this game, they were like the underdog fighting against the man. I mean, that was still a big industry in the early 90s. And they were targeting children, as we know now, you know, because they've been sued to high heck about it. Uh, So, I mean, doing something like that was kind of kind of. Awesome, to be honest with you, you know, I wouldn't have a lot of a lot of I don't think it would have as much of an impact now because we don't advertise, even though there's still smokers out there, they don't really advertise it the same way they do now or did, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely com- a lot different than it was th- when we were growing up.
0: Cigarettes just gave way to vape. That's all. And vapes are I mean, they're working on, you know, educating people about the dangers of that stuff now. So because I think it's different and it's not different. Well, it's different, but you know what I mean? It carries similar risks. How's that? I'll be
1: there are t- different risks associated with it, but there are risks nonetheless.
0: Yes. Uh, risks of diseases and dying. That's what I mean by similar risks. Not the same diseases and dying, but still.
1: That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah.
0: So they went from Rex Ronan experimental surgeon, and then they decided to try something different. So they partnered with, or not different, depending on how you look at it, but their relationship with Sculptured Software was done. Um, like I said, Sculptured Software eventually became part of a claim and then the claim kind of fell apart and everything. So, that, I mean, that studio didn't last long. So Raya Systems actually partnered with a company called WaveQuest, which I couldn't find much about. Um, and this game, they decided to do another diabetic educational title. And this game is called Packy and Marlin. Um, made by WaveQuest, published by Raya for the Super Nintendo. And Paki and Marlin was designed to improve self-care behavior in children's with diabetes, with type one diabetes. And as the story goes, there is a gang of rats that has invaded Camp Wakie and stolen the food and medical supplies and then hid them in different areas of Camp Waki. As such... Packy and Marlin, two diabetic elephants, are tasked with retrieving the stolen goods and clearing out the malicious rodents, while also remembering to take their insulin and check their blood glucose. <laughs> wow! It's like it's like they make th- this one's weird because it's like they just made a game and then they're like, okay, well, we're gonna add the fact that they're insulin and 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 add this care stuff about blood glucose. Uh to be fair, and this is probably what they did on this one in hindsight, this is probably the best received out of the bunch of them. So um at the end of the ga- at the end of the game they have to face evil bosses Vitz and Yeeber of the Lunchroom crew. I don't know why the Wikipedia decided to add that, but Vitz and Yiber <laughs> There must be
1: some type of food we don't know about, Dave.
0: Vietz and Yiber. I can't I can't But Beats and Eber sounds like a good band name for whatever reason. A little bit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'd I'd listen to a new album from Beats and (laughs) Eber.
1: Beats, Eber and the Lunchroom Crew.
0: That's exactly. Thank you. That's right. Beats, Eber and the Lunchroom Crew. You can you can use that. Someone already has. So you can use it, too. I don't know how Captain Novelin would do in music. Rex Ronan is a good musical name for sure. For sure. So they did Packy and Marlin. I want to say 95. Rex Roland would have been 93 or 94. I want to say 94, and then the next two were 95 and 96. Um, they did Packy and Marlin, that did pretty well. So they decided that they were gonna do a fourth Super Nintendo health educational game. Uh they continued their relationship with Wave Quest and they decided this time that they were going to develop a game that teaches children about the dangers of asthma.
1: Yeah, don't catch the asthma, kids.
0: This game is called Bronchi the Dinosaur. Bronchi, the Bronchiosaurus. It's Bronchi the Bronchiosaurus. It's an educational platform game. WaveQuest, Raya, all that jazz. You know the drill. That teaches You know, children about asthma. So as the story goes, meteors struck the prehistoric city of Sansorian. The explosions covered the earth with clouds of dust, thus causing asthma in the dinosaur world. The dinosaurs built a mighty wind machine. That's cool. I didn't know they were that advanced. The dinosaurs built a mighty wind machine to clear the air, but their plans were thwarted by Mr. Rexo who stole the machine, hid its pieces all over Sansorian and forced other dinosaurs to protect them. Two friends, Bronchi and Trakey, with the help of their sidekicks, Sam and Kyla must find the missing machine parts before the dust returns and save the planet. Bronchi and Trachy can develop shortness of breath from tar, cigarette smoke, furry animals, and other obstacles. There are bonus games like the diabetic one where you had to learn about your blood and and your insulin and all that and bronchi the bronchiosaurus you have to learn the proper use of your inhaler and other like facts about living with asthma like you know probably staying out of you know uh, dusty rooms or taking care of yourself when the pollen's very high you know that kind of stuff
1: limiting exercise too mhm
0: yep so yeah so you know with these partners the national institute of health and sculpture and wave quest you know raya systems kind of found this platform in the super nintendo to educate children about topics that were important to them now from the video game standpoint none of these games were none of these games were very important Um, You know, they they weren't popular with gamers, but from the medical and educational standpoint, they did pretty well. You know, they were looked upon favorably uh, by the experts in their field. And and, you know, that 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 is important. That's important. It, It really seems like Raya Systems kind of found a perfect platform to educate children about the topics that were important to them. And speaking of having a platform to share important things, have you, dear listener, ever considered creating your own podcast? Do you have a
1: great podcast idea and you just don't know where to start?
0: Well, don't sweat it. We've got some fantastic tools for you. Thanks to Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting suite, it's easier than ever to get started creating content for your very own podcast.
1: With Zencaster, it's super easy to record a podcast. Everyone logs in using their web browser, and you just start recording a high quality podcast right away. And it also allows you to record up to 4K video with your guests, if video is how you'd like to present yourself. And with ZenCaster's multi layered backups, you always have the highest quality recordings, even if the connection is unstable.
0: And with ZenCaster, you never have to worry about what you sound like. ZenCaster's post production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes all those ums and ahs, removes all the awkward pauses in conversation too. You can set the right podcast loudness, reduce the background noise. You can do all sorts of really cool things, all with a single click of a button.
1: And if the thought of podcasting overwhelms you because you think you needed tons of different tools and services, relax. Those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute it to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations.
0: So if you'd like to start your own podcast, or maybe you're already producing one and you'd like to take it to the next level, we've got a deal on some great tools for you. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use our offer code Memory Card Lane. Use it and you'll get 30% off the first month of any Zencaster paid plan.
1: So sign up for Zencaster today and you can experience the same ease in producing your own high quality podcast as we do each week.
0: And speaking of... Ease. You know, video games like Packy, Bro- Broggy the Brontosaurus, and Captain Novelin, they were largely designed to make the concepts that they educate, like diabetes management, and asthma management, easier for children. You know, they, they would teach them things. And this is an early way of a concept that we call therapeutic gaming. Now, I'm not going to go too much into therapeutic gaming, um, you know, but there is a really great children's hospital near where we grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the CS Mott Children's Hospital, which is part of the University of Michigan Health Network. And they actually have a therapeutic gaming. They call it the therapeutic gaming and patient technology department. So I thought very briefly we could take a look at it and see how they kind of use video games and technology uh, to to help people the same way that these games were trying to do in the early 90s. Um, They their model, their mission as they advertise on their website is that they are committed to enhancing the patient experience and supporting healing through the creative use of gaming and a wide range of emerging technology platforms. They believe that therapeutic gaming and virtual reality offers a number of benefits to patients, including encouraging fine motor movement, problem solving, and critical thinking, facilitating cooperative gameplay to encourage socialization and normalization, and reducing isolation from friends and family outside the hospital through online gaming. So it's kind of funny because way back then, when all you know, in the early 90s, when they were backlashing, when Congress was lashing against video games. They were talking all about how, you know, video games socially isolate people. That was the word I was looking for back then. Video games socially isolate people. And here you have an actual health network that's kind of using it to help people in the hospital be less isolated, you know?
1: Yeah, it's definitely kind of funny. But, you know, that's the thing is people want to lash out against things they don't understand without taking time to do research. And they just gut react.
0: I think they did a lot of research. They just came to their own conclusions, basically. Um, They definitely came to their own conclusions. Or they read what they wanted to read into it, which is kind of what always happens with political debates, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a safe argument.
0: Some of the current initiatives that the therapeutic gaming department at CS Mott is doing right now, you know, they let patients bring their own video game device that can be connected to hospital TVs. And they, again, use that so people can play video games and, um, and 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 visit with their friends and family when they're stuck in the hospital. If they don't have a video game console, there are ones that get donated to the to the hospital um, and patients can actually request um, request it. There is a team there that they can put in a request that will bring them a video game console to allow them to play. Um, they actually have video game cart. Um, where people come around with video game systems. Volunteers can play games with patients, again, to help reduce isolation and encourage socialization. Um, Kids can request an iPad. That iPad has various games and activities and entertainment. Um, There is a 3D printing aspect to the the therapeutic gaming and patient technology department now. Um, They can make various 3D models to learn about the technology and also, like, Um, commemorate their stay by making a cool thing. There's a Lego robotics program that uh, helps with basic skills and motor function skills and learning skills. Keeps the brain sharp where they can build Lego, basically Lego robots, which we all want to build Lego robots.
1: Yeah, it's pretty fun.
0: The one thing, though, at CS Mott that gets talked about a lot and if you Google therapeutic gaming and see a SMOT, you'll find a ton of news articles on this specific concept. And that's the way that they use virtual reality, which is a big thing for them right now. So you have a, a lot of patients since they're children, children in these hospitals that, that can't go places, you know, some of them are, are very ill and are stuck to their bed or they can't leave the hospital and so the therapeutic gaming department likes to use virtual reality to, as they say, help patients experience a world that may feel out of reach to patients. You know, they advertise that patients can experience scuba diving. They can explore rainforests. They can ride roller coasters and in proper CSMAP form, they can run down the tunnel onto the field at Michigan Stadium, which is awesome if you've never gotten a chance to do it for real. So. It Um, definitely is. They say they even have a 360 degree video where patients can explore the inside of an ambulance. Uh, So an attempt to try to make the medical process a little less scary for children. Um, And this is something that's really looked upon. That is a, a, a fantastic concept. You know, I myself like using virtual reality and getting to explore. You know, I haven't gotten to travel a whole lot. None of us realistically have since you know what. Um, and while we were stuck at home, VR was a, a really great way then for me to like visit. You know, you, you can stand in the middle of the Coliseum and look around or you can stand in the middle of a ton of things and look around, you know, from the, the comfort of your own home. The virtual reality is a fantastic tool that the team there at CSMAT is using um, for sure. Um they also use augmented reality. You know, augmented is where virtual reality kind of merges with virtual reality, and um, you know they let people play Pokemon Go. That's augmented reality, and there are software that kind of you know brings fun things into the hospital environment as well. Um, now we're we're pretty well familiar with mod. We, I I know countless friends who have either been patients at Mott or have children at Mott and they I mean it's a children's hospital who doesn't want to support a children's hospital in the streaming world video game streamers content creators video game enthusiasts twitch and kick and whatever you use nowadays there are streamers that participate in what's called the stream for Mott program one of my good friends, uh, Grim the Dino, who streams on various platforms from time to time, he frequently participates in stream for Mott because they helped him. Basically, it is exactly what it sounds. They do gaming marathons, twenty four. I mean, I've seen twenty four hour where different streamers take turns, and all their donations that they receive on that day um, go to get donated to CS Mott specifically to the therapeutic gaming program um, to help support all of these. You know, that that's just a way that video gamers like to give back to uh, give give back. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it. You know what I mean? Um, No, absolutely. I know I've donated to to Mott streams before. I don't know. Don't know. Have you tripped on them before, Rob? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So it's a it's a especially when that's your area, you know, us being from Metro Detroit. And Ann Arbor is right next door. You know, C.S. Mott has always kind of been a part of our lives. So that's a a cause that we all are pretty keen on. Um, And if not, you're evil. I I don't want to say that. but Who doesn't want to support a children's hospital for real?
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell you, Dave. And wasn't it uh, one of your friends, actually, that uh, did one for C.S. Mott not too long ago?
0: Yeah, that was Grim the Dino. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that was grim. That was Grimlock. That, that's that's my friend. So he he has he has he has been in that that hospital network. He has health issues himself. It's part of his story. If you want to go check it out, you can go check his stuff out. Um, but he has done a fantastic job streaming as part of those activities and giving back. I mean, I know at one point they bought they they bought You know, before there was a stream for mod, I'm pretty sure they bought video game systems and donated them to the hospital as well. So before there was a a therapeutic program that did that, they were doing that themselves. Um, So uh, fantastic guy, fantastic cause. Go check him out. Um, Grim. So therapeutic gaming. It's been around since the early 90s in weird educational Super Nintendo form. Um, you know, and, and it kind of still exists today, you know, in hospitals and medical networks, you know, where they use, you know, virtual reality um, to, you know, prevent social isolation. And they use online gaming to prevent social isolation. Um, and they use things like Legos for motor skills. There's a lot of merit to video games these days. Nothing I don't need to tell anyone listening to this podcast because we're all gamers and we love it. So. Right.
1: You got that right, Dave. Right. You're that or just history lovers?
0: Very true. Very, very true. There, there's definitely history lovers, too. So, well, you know, Sculpture Systems really only did those. Um, well, not Sculpture. Raya Systems really only did those four video games. And then, like I said, the best I can tell is they eventually turned into the Hero Health Network, got out of video games and into medical technology, um, and they're still doing business, with medical technology, um, still Mountain View, California. It, it's it, it's um, yeah. And Sculptured fell to acclaim. I don't know what WaveQuest did. Uh, it, it, it's it's hard sometimes with these video games, with you know, the time and everything that I have to uh, to find out everything. But you know, you're if you're interested, you do the digging. You do the digging. I gotta do a new topic a week. You do some di- deep di- diving. I love deep diving, so I already did some deep diving for next week.
1: I was going to say, you obviously already did some when you were playing Dave the Diver.
0: Oh, that's a that was a good joke, actually. That was a very good joke. So like I said, there are we've kind of talked about the early 90s and educational video games, not these four in particular, but, you know, we did educational Mario games of the 90s, and that was episode 126. Which, of course, if you'd like to check out our old episodes, you can find them pretty much any podcast distribution network, Spotify or Podbean or whatever you use to get your podcast. But you can also do it by going to our website, which is www.memorycardlane.com. Rob, what else can people do on our website?
1: Well, we have a calendar of future episodes, so you can put some little notes in there if you want to tell us a little tidbit of fact that you may know about it or if you would care to join And be our expert and teach us about something that's always fun that when we get to learn from people who have done the knowledge searches themselves, you can find a link to our discord where you can come hang out with Dave and I and play games, shoot shit, whatever you want to do. You can find links to our Patreon where for a few dollars you can help support Dave and I in the production of this podcast and have access to unedited and ad free episodes. You can also find links to things such as our social media, where I am on several platforms as Rob underscore O underscore Raptor and Dave.
0: I can be found on various platforms as David is wrong, which I frequently am. So I don't know why you listen to me. That's not true. I'm not wrong. You get some stuff right. I do my research. I'm pretty good at research. That you are. I'll give you that, Dave. That's all I'm good at, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't
1: going to say it. I'm glad you did.
0: I know my strengths and weaknesses, uh, strength, research, weaknesses, everything else. So <laughs> it's an easy list. It's, it's a really easy list. <laughs> Each week, we'll tell you the story about one topic relevant to the current week in gaming history. This week, we told you the story of the four educational health video games made by Raya Systems in the mid 90s. While teaching you about this topic or many others in our back catalog, we hope to teach you something new every week, something about the topic, something about what they take from the world as their inspiration, or something about what they gave back to the world in their legacy. You know, each week when we do topics we research for the topics and when we research for topics we learn things that's the best part about that's my favorite part about this i learn new things about video games every week and then i get to sit down and for an hour a week i get to t- teach other people about the same weird stuff about video games that i find out it's a lot of fun to be honest with you even if only a couple of you listen actually more than a couple of you listen i appreciate everyone who listens but a recognition of this whole we learn things, we teach them. It's a really beautiful cycle. Every week, we like to sit down and talk about our takeaways, what we learned. So, Rob, what did you learn today?
1: Well, Dave, I learned quite a bit. I never had stumbled across any of these. Obviously, we talked about like the Mario games in the past and things like the Oregon Trail uh, but I never had thought of a game that taught about asthma or diabetes um, being someone who suffers from asthma it would have been cool from a young age to know and realize what the hell was happening to me the first time I had an asthma attack because I was coughing so bad that I ended up throwing up and didn't know what the hell was going on and that's how I found out Um, that's why I said limiting exercise because that was my mind is uh, exercise induced and it causes a violent reaction so you know it would have been cool to learn about that from a younger age even though the game probably sucked uh, having some kind of thing other than a doctor just saying yeah take this inhaler before working out uh, would have been like oh cool now I can learn a little more about it like hey there's all these other triggers like it could be being around cigarette smoke all the time or the fact that now I vape or and that it doesn't really affect me that, that I found yet but obviously the jury is still out on that one Um, but there's just a lot of things that I didn't realize until doing my own research because it's, you know, they tell you how to fix the problem. They don't tell you, or they give you medicine to fix the problem. They don't really teach you causes and things like that. Um, and I definitely think that the, uh, the game about diabetes, like I said, there's a few people in my life who I've had to be around when they were having an episode. Um, and you know, knowing what i do now it would have been nice to know that stuff before because again it's a scary situation being with someone when they're going uh when their blood sugar is dipping Mm -hmm. um it's it's just it's scary shit man so it's it's just cool to know that these things exist out there for people to learn and that these resources are a thing and although they obviously aren't great for the gaming community at large i think that it's huge to know that there are people out there that wanted to create some fun way for younger people to learn i mean even older people they could obviously enjoy these games the same just to be able to learn about what ails them agree so that's that's my big takeaway how about yourself
0: i had never heard of these games in any way shape or form i i like when I find video games I'd never heard of because I feel like at this point I've stared at lists of you know this library and that that's literally how I do this sometimes like I, I I, just pull up the show me the master list of games for this system show me the master list of games for that system and then I just find what sounds interesting and do research and that's how I tripped on these to be honest with you I had never heard of Captain Noble and that was the first one I found and then I learned that Riot Systems made four of them In the mid 90s. And it was like a rabbit hole, you know. And, you know, there are literally medical studies around these games that showed that they all had positive effects on the people on on children who played them. You know, they and that's why I said they didn't have much merit with gamers, but they did pretty well with medical professionals, um, which is great. I think using anything as a tool to better someone's life, especially video games, because that's our passion. Is a great thing, so I learned about all these games. These were all new for me, so fun times, huh?
1: Absolutely, Dave. A lot of learning for the both of us for a change.
0: <laughs> Very true. All right, well, uh, this was kind of a fluffy episode. wasn't It wasn't as dense or as uh, on focused topic as a lot of others. It was. It was some kind of fun, a little lighter. It was nice to take a break. To be honest with you. But next week we're going to get we're going to get serious, Rob. But before I discuss that, is there anything you'd like to add to today's episode?
1: As always, Dave, I do want to take one one quick moment to say thank you so much to all of you who listen. It means the world to us to have your support and know that we are able to bring a little bit of knowledge and hopefully joy and fun to your life during these episodes week in and week out. So thank you. And we really hope you do enjoy and continue to listen.
0: Very, very true what he said. <laughs> if I ever have to put in a position where I have to do that, it's gonna be a hard week. No, I'm just kidding. Next week, time to look ahead. Next week, we're gonna look at how a joint venture between Sony and Nintendo led to the eventual creation of the Sony PlayStation. Straightforward. As part of our discussion, we'll look at the founding of Sony, its early history, and we'll talk about how its position as a technological innovator left it in a great position to enter the video game market. So stick around and join us again next week as we talk about the Sunny Boys on yet another trip down memory card lane. Do the thing.